Hey there. This podcast is titled Stop Aging Now. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for those of you who want to get to the next level. We're going to be teaching you about the seven secrets of health. This is an incredible podcast that can transform your life, your relationships, your energy, that you can invest in your career to take your opportunities to the highest level possible. Stay tuned to the very end, an amazing offer by visiting stopagingnow.7pillarscoaching.com. Stay tuned. You're going to hear amazing guests and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, take you to the very next level. Your mindset, your sleep, your ability to improve your diet, your exercise, what hormones, how to balance them, all of this and more. Let's listen in. What we're doing is coming up with how to support your goals, how to accomplish your goals, and see you at the very top of the mountain. And we, like you, are interested in letting you experience a fantastic life. I want to go to Dr. Gabor Meiti, and I, I want you to hear, and I'm going to interrupt and comment along the way. This is a fantastic review of the hidden cause of most, if not all, addictions to food, drugs, chemicals, uh, the pursuit of people that should not be in your life in relationships. This is a very important uh, discourse. And we're going to go deep into this and comment as we go. Because now that I've given you the skill set and we're going to set this up for some coming sessions, I want you to fully hear what he has to say. Here we go. Okay, what is addiction? Let's, okay, let's define right. it. So uh, addiction is um, complex, but it's manifested in any behavior, any behavior that a person finds temporary pleasure or relief in and therefore craves, but suffers negative consequences in the long term and can't give up. Now notice any behavior. I didn't say drugs. Most of the time we think about addiction, we think of substances, and that certainly is one important target of addictive behavior. But I said any behavior. That could be gambling, could be sex, could be relationships, could be internet, could be Facebook, uh, could be um, um, uh, shopping, as in my case. Uh, could okay, so he's talking about addictions, and notice he mentioned video games. Oh, my gosh, this whole generation. It's almost perplexing until I found out that these video games are set up with their fast time response and, and kind of built in technology to cause kids to release dopamine while they play these video games. And we're going to learn from Dr. Uh, Andrew, um, who is a Stanford professor. And he, he talks about, uh, here, I'm going to bring him up a moment. Dr. Uh, Andrew Uberman, uh, who the Stanford professor, has identified how the mind works and releases these uh, chemicals, uh, these chemicals that are as addict addicting or more than nicotine, cocaine, right up there and far beyond uh, seeking sex or overeating, amphetamines, <laughs> Video games are right up there. Here, let's 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 drop in and on this on a moment. How much the dopamine firing increases in response to different things, you get a pretty interesting window into how your brain works and why you might be motivated or not motivated. Let's say you're hungry or you're looking forward to a cup of coffee. 
or you're going to see your partner. Well, your dopamine neurons are firing at a low rate until you start thinking about the thing that you want or the thing that you're looking forward to. Let's say you're craving chocolate or a good meal, a steak if you like steak, or a nice plate of pasta if you like pasta. When you eat that food, the amount of dopamine that's released in this reward pathway goes up about 50% above baseline. The neurons there go from firing, you know, three or four times per second to, you know, six or 10 times per second. It really depends. And these aren't exact numbers, but if we were to measure the amount of dopamine that's released, it goes up about 50%. Okay. So just even thinking about food releases dopamine nearly 50% higher above its normal baseline. So dopamine is kind of a pleasure-seeking hormone, but we'll also learn that uh, dopamine helps to kind of offset the feeling of pain and loss because you get this initial high and rush from dopamine, and then we get this drop and and inflammation or discomfort in the mind and body emotionally and physically start to occur. So then that reinforces getting another high by eating more of that food, whether it be greasy, junk, sugary, salty, uh, fatty foods. But let, let's uh, continue with this line of thinking because this is really important, this part to hear and understand. I mix it with water and a little bit of lemon juice, and to me, it tastes delicious. If you'd like to try Athletic Greens, you can go to athleticgreens.com slash Huberman, and if you do this, this is a meditation app that makes meditation easy. I've been meditating on and off since I was 16 years old. I'm 45 now, so that's about 30 years of on and off meditation. And I confess, most of that time, it was off. Okay, so I, I clicked on the wrong thing, and uh, we jumped around there. Uh, he was talking about meditation, but here, let's, let's go back to uh, the, the, the craving part here. I, I want to make sure I find where we left off. Sorry about that. Here we go. You, uh, you pursue the lover. Each time, the experience of dopamine release and pleasure is diminished a little bit. And the diabolical thing is that the pain response is increased a little bit. And this is best observed in the context of drug-seeking behavior. The first time someone decides to take cocaine or amphetamine, they may do it out of boredom. They may do it out of peer pressure. They may do it to relieve some internal sense. Maybe they're bored or they're just excited. Maybe they're high in novelty-seeking. There are a lot of reasons why people might try a drug. Far too many for us to, you know, to get into or parse here. Maybe they don't even want to do it, but someone encourages them. They will experience a huge dopamine release and they will feel likely very good. However, the next time they take it, it won't feel quite as good and it won't feel even as good the third time or the next time. But the amount of pain, the amount of craving that they experience for the drug will increase over time. So much of our pursuit of pleasure is simply to reduce the pain of craving. So the next time you experience something you really like, I don't want to take you out of that experience, but it's really important that you notice this, that if there's something you really enjoy, part of that enjoyment is about the anticipation and wanting of more of that thing. And that's the pain system in action. And so we can distinguish between dopamine, which is really about pleasure and dopamine, which is really about motivation to pursue more in order to relieve or exclude future pain. Let me Wow, that that's kind of a profound statement, uh, pursuing to exclude pain. So I remember when I had an appendectomy in the hospital because I didn't understand eating animal foods had no fiber and all this uh, 
fecal material got impacted in my intestines and then they told me this horrible pain would be relieved if I did surgery. Uh, I don't know, I was 18 years old or so, whatever. And so I agreed to the surgery, but I remember after the surgery, they put me on morphine and uh, some kind of opiate drugs. And I, I felt like I was really strong-willed and, and minded. And I said, you know, I don't need the next dosage. That one dose is enough. But when it came time for the next dosage due, I was having excruciating pain, not, not just from the surgery, but from the lack of the drug. And so that had to do with this dopamine craving. And it had released so much dopamine by taking the opiates, the morphine that the doctor prescribed to deal with my core pain from, you know, the cutting of surgery. But uh, I, I just, I, I was like a madman. I'm like, oh, I got to have it. I got to have it. And so I understand now severe addictions to heroin, morphine, cocaine, uh, this this pain, pleasure, and, and the way Andrew Uberman is describing it uh, is a classic a uh, clear explanation that makes it even more clear. It's not just that you're seeking pleasure because if it was just pleasure. You could just decide, look, I, I can deal without it. I'll, I'll, I'll find something else pleasurable to do. It's this yearning to handle the pain. And it could be also emotional pain, childhood pain. Uh, you were abused. You were taken advantage of. So let's go further into this topic. Very important to understand this. Let me repeat that. Dopamine isn't as much about pleasure as much as it is about motivation and desire to pursue more in order to reduce the amount of pain. And we are now talking about pain as a psychological pain and a craving, although people that miss a lover very badly or that really crave a food very badly or that are addicted to a drug and can't access it will experience that as a physical craving and a mental craving. The body and brain are linked in this way. It's almost, they'll describe it as painful. They yearn for it. And I think the word yearning is one that's very valuable in this context because yearning seems to include a whole body experience more than just wanting, which could just be up in the mind. So your desire for something is proportional to how pleasurable it is to indulge in that thing, but also how much pain you experience when you don't have it. And you can now start to let your mind wander into all sorts of examples of addictions or things that you happen to like. Um, I'll use the example that I sometimes use on here, which is my love of croissants, although several of you pointed out these are called croissants, but then it sounds like I'm trying to speak French. And I always tried to do that when I was a kid and I went to a bilingual school and it failed then and it's going to fail now. So I'm going to call them croissants. Um, they're delicious. I love them. A really good one makes me want to eat six. It's true. I have pretty good impulse control, I think, but it makes me want to eat six. I taste it and it tastes so delicious. And unless I really force myself to experience the taste of it in my mouth and how flaky I'm getting hungry for it right now and delicious the croissant is, mostly the taste of that croissant makes me want to eat more croissants. Now, eventually blood sugar goes up, satiety is reached, et cetera. What happens then? What is satisfaction and satiety about? Well, that's a separate neuromodulator. That's about the neuromodulator serotonin. It's about oxytocin. It's about a hormone system that involves something called prolactin. So we're going to talk about all, all of those in the book, The Molecule of More, wonderful book. 
Uh, those were described as the here and now molecules, the ones that allow you to experience your sensations and pleasure in the present and for which the brain stops projecting into the future. So now let's talk about craving and, and these so-called here and now molecules and how those engage in a kind of push-pull balance that will allow you. Okay, so it's really important to, to really get your head around this. This is a deep dive. He mentioned a book, uh, The Here and Now Molecules, and the importance of understanding serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin. And I'm really thrilled. I, I, I feel like I geek out on this biology because biology was my favorite subject at USC. And um, I, I just love understanding how our brain and our body and our mind work. So let, let's continue to understand more. To not just feel more motivated, but also to enjoy the things in life that you are pursuing to a much greater degree. We have neurons in an area of our brain called the RAPHE, R-A-P-H-E. The RAPHE releases serotonin at different places in the brain. Serotonin is the molecule of bliss and contentment for what you already have. I've talked before about exteroception. Exteroception is a focus on the outside world, everything beyond the confines of your skin. I've also talked about interoception, a focus on things that are happening internally within the confines of your skin. Dopamine and serotonin can be thought of as related to exteroception. Dopamine makes us focused on things outside us that are beyond what we call our personal space, where we actually have to move and take action in order to achieve things. And serotonin in general has to do with the things that are in our immediate here and now, hence the description of these as the here and now molecules. So it's interesting to point out that the body and the brain can direct its attention towards things outside us or inside us or split our attention between those. I talked about this in a previous podcast, but if you didn't see it, no problem. Just understand that dopamine biases us toward thinking about what we don't have, whereas serotonin and some of the related molecules like the endocannabinoids if you picked up on the word cannabinoid, yes, it's like cannabis because cannabis attaches to endocannabinoid receptors and the endocannabinoids are receptors that, and chemicals that the cannabinoids that you naturally make that are involved in things like forgetting. It's not a coincidence that pot smokers don't have the most terrific memory. You may know a few that have great memories, but chances are they would have even better memories if uh, they weren't pot smokers. But you make these molecules that bind to these receptors that make you feel kind of blissed out and content in the present. Yeah, I wanted to comment on his, um, he's one of the few acknowledging that the cannabinoids, especially when you burn to smoke pot, you have to burn it. It goes from THA, which is a very he healthy, good molecule that goes to receptor sites. It helps protect your immune system. It's got all these benefits and you feel kind of euphoric in other words you take pot plants and you juice them and it's so good for you you could do it every day and you would never get addicted or or have ill effects but when you cook it you burn it in a vape or a a pot a, a pipe it becomes thc and thc is very uh it it makes you high it causes you to have poor memory it causes you to lose drive and work. It might be okay and occasional to make love if you weren't addicted to it and you didn't use it every day, you know, because you're more present. You know, it's kind of that type of uh, molecule that makes you feel in the now present. I tend to live in the present now anyway, so I'm already kind of there. But 
uh, keep in mind, there's healthy ways to use plant herbs and supplements. This is, I love supplements because you can use plant extracts and, but when you cook them or alter them, it changes their chemical structure. And I believe it's not as good for you. Those are receptors that exist in us, not for sake of consuming THC or marijuana, but for sake of binding of our natural endogenous cannabinoids. So you got these two systems. They're kind of like a push-pull. And if you were to say, do the, um, you know, in the book, uh, Wherever You Go, There You Are, John Kabat-Zinn talks about this uh, meditation practice that's different than most meditation practices where you eat one almond and you focus all of your attention on the almond, the taste of the almond, the texture of the almond. That's really a mindfulness practice that's geared towards trying to take a behavior which is normally about pursuit. Normally feeding is we're going, we engage in feeding because of dopamine. We pursue more of a food because of that pleasure pain relationship I talked about before. The focus on the one almond or, the, or becoming very present in any behavior that normally would be a kind of extraoceptive pursuit behavior and bring it into the here and now, that's a mental trick or a mental task that the mindfulness community has really embraced in order to try and create increased pleasure for what you already have. It's really trying to accomplish a shift from dopamine being released to serotonin in the cannabinoid system being involved in that behavior. So if you're interested in mindfulness, which is something I've talked about before on this podcast, and I I sort of made some uh, off-the-cuff jokes about the opposite of mindfulness being mindlessness. Mindfulness is a vast space. That is a mindful practice that a lot of people have engaged in. And indeed, it can give you deeper appreciation for things that you already have. Dopamine has the quality of making people kind of rabidly in pursuit of things. Look at people who are high on cocaine or amphetamine, and they are almost entirely exteroceptive. Drugs like marijuana, the opioids, anything that um, really hits the serotonin system hard tend to make people rather lethargic and content to stay exactly where they are. They don't per- want to pursue much at all. Okay, so he, he explains that quite well. The marijuana drugs, you're just like blissed out. You know, you're like, I'm here. Yeah, man. And it may be fine, like I said, since they've legalized marijuana in the United States, California, and so forth, um, and maybe you're having trouble getting in touch with yourself. So being what he talks about introception, whereas he talks about cocaine and amphetamines and these drugs are extraception. You're externally sorting, you're looking, you're, you know, on the go, on the prowl, whatever. Uh, I'm a big believer that most everything we can do is through the power of the mind and we don't have to use these drugs or substances. And those people like alcoholics or drug addicts or those who are highly addictive personalities who have low cortisol, low adrenal function should not even use them. Even like if you had an alcoholic and you offered them a drink, you shouldn't even give them, give yourself permission to have that once in a while, because that one drink becomes two, then four, then eight. The people I know who are highly addicted because they're trying to not bliss out. They're trying to escape. They're trying to escape confrontation or conversation with you or they're trying to escape their feelings deep-seated feelings of pain and hurt let's go a little bit further and then we're going to jump over to uh, our next speaker here hold on uh occasionally when people it 
uh, smoke marijuana or consume THC, their appetite goes way up and they really want to consume food. That's because of its effects on insulin and its effects on blood sugar, which is a slightly separate matter. But since some of you uh, probably your minds might have gone uh, to your to those either experiences or reports of what pot does, um, that's why it does that. So you. okay? so did you hear that? He's saying that the consumption of the use of pot releases insulin and insulin pushes uh, glucose, amino acids and fatty acids into the cells. So it makes you hungry again. So you get these what do they call the munchies when you smoke pot or eat a, a cannabinoid THC edible? Uh, if you're already overweight, that doesn't make sense, right? If you're underweight, I guess an occasional use to help you uh, gain some <laughs> some weight. But I, I would have you eating healthy fruits, some vegetables, soups, salads, beans. Not not what most people munch on. They eat chips, fried chips, and they have you know hot wings and pizza and, and just just so so beyond what the body needs here let's go further this is this is great you've got these molecules like dopamine that make you focused on the things you want and the things you crave and then you've got the molecules that make you content with what you have so the most important thing perhaps in creating a healthy emotional landscape is to have a balance between these two neuromodulator systems people that are always in anticipation and desire and seeking that's wonderful for pursuing goals. However, it's terrible for enjoying life. And actually, those people are actually quite difficult to be around. There's a certain almost um, sociopathic element to people who are what they call hyperdopaminergic, people who are always on the dopaminergic scale to the point where they are always pursuing goals. In fact, those people are known to be, um, at least in the psychological spectrum, they can be very manipulative. You know, dopamine and the pursuit of something doesn't necessarily have to be high energy and intense from the outside when you observe it from the outside. In fact, um, there are people who will manipulate in order to get what they want. This has been shown who have high levels of dopamine release in their brain, but they've learned that a kind of passive manipulation is the best way to maneuver through a particular environment. Now, I don't want to focus too much on. Uh... Okay. I'm glad he defined that. I, I personally feel like without drugs, understand me, I'm pretty much drug free. I don't drink alcohol. Maybe once in a great while I have an, a pair of cider. Uh, I, I, I'm not addicted to, to any drugs, but the dopamine rush, the, the mental, the physical, when I work out, I do an intense workout that releases dopamine and I'm, I love the addiction to exercise. You might say, well, that's an okay addiction, but there are times that I want my way. And when he said manipulate, I'm not sure about the passive manipulation. It may be more direct for me. I'm, I'm kind of in people's face. Look, I want it this way. Now, as I've gotten older, I'm more mature. And I have to kind of like step back and say, is there something in it for them? Because people are always thinking, what's in it for me? And so from, shall I say, a relationship perspective, it's more endearing and for an audience to help people to recognize, look, I'm doing this for your good and I want to contribute. So I have to put myself into a state of being humble and contribution and think and imagine those things because otherwise I'm such an aggressive personality because I have some deep rooted hurt and I may or may not get into that. I don't need to be content related, but things that happen in my life that are so deep rooted that 
I sometimes feel like if I don't get my way in this way, and since I know this is right, I'm so, you know, <laughs> not narcissistic, but confident from past experience that I think I know more than the individual I'm dealing with, that I'll push my way and even aggressively demand or expect. And that's not a real comfortable thing for people to be in that situation, whether working with me or in a relationship or even as one of my children. <laughs> Fortunately, my grandchildren uh, are getting the par part where I'm, I'm tempered down. And now that I'm aware of this tendency in myself, I can, I can deal with it. But when you're not aware and you do it and you kind of get away with it, it reinforces it. But let's go further because it is tied into hormones. This is quite fascinating. Um, sociopathy, because those are kind of extreme examples. But it just goes to show that people who identify a goal and realize the series of steps that they need to take in order to achieve that goal can either do it through ethical means or non-ethical means. They can do it through active pursuit, being the kind of type A person that's always declaring their goals and going after it, posting it on Instagram, telling everybody about it, trying to recruit others. There's that phenotype. There's that kind of signature of dopamine. And then there are the people that want to get what they want and they're doing it by always serving other people, by always taking care of everybody else's needs, by always trying to accomplish their goals, but through a mode that at least from the outside seems more passive or more about supporting others. Neither of these are good or bad. And that's because dopamine is a molecule. It doesn't care how you reach your goals. It only cares that you reach your goals because the, the internal sensation is one, again, of mild pleasure, a little bit of pain, although more pain over time if you're not reaching those goals, and it takes you away from the here and now. So at about this point in the podcast, I'm guessing that some of you are thinking, okay, great, I want more dopamine. I want to be more motivated. I don't want to procrastinate as much. And I want to be able to experience life. I want these here and now molecules to be released as well. Well, there is a way to do that, but you have to understand the source of procrastination is not one thing. There are basically two kinds of procrastinators, or so says the research. The first kind are people that actually really enjoy the stress of the impending deadline. It's the only way they can get into action. These oh my gosh, that is so much me. There's certain things that are really stressful for me to do, uh, dealing with certain paperwork, certain legal challenges, like insurance challenges, and I'm like, oh, I'll just put it off, put it off, put it off till. There's only like a certain number of hours left to do it. And it just drives me into action. I guess at that point I get a dopamine release and I finally get the task done because I'm one of these people that tends to like, I've got to get this done. I'm anal about it. I'm, I'm determined. I'm, I'm going to get hyper-focused and get it done. But people know me will see me like avoid the issue and keep putting it off and make excuses and go do other tasks and I once heard Ben Greenfield say to his kids on a podcast, this was really cool. He said, he said, look, if you, if you want to be a peak performer and you want to get things done, he said, eat the frog first. I'm like, what? Eat the frog first. And he was telling his kid, look, it's, it's like a really <laughs> yucky task to eat a frog, right? I guess think of a slimy, yucky frog. So some tasks are like yucky and, and you just have to get past that and do the tough tasks first. And then the other tasks are much easier. And so I'm working on that in my own life to, I told my mom this, I said, 
I'm working on eating the frog. She says, what, son? Have you gone crazy? I said, no. Uh, it's really good advice because I'm a procrastinator. And sometimes I procrastinate and I tell myself, and there's a reason to procrastinate, because I'm trying to gather more information, get more ideas to solve the challenge that might be so difficult and stressful for me to deal with. Because I don't like to be wrong and make mistakes. And so I have this thing where I've been raised as a perfectionist mom <laughs> who keeps after me and, you know, do it exactly perfect. So I, I understand its origin, uh, but to deal with coping and handling it correctly, I'm working on using my tendency to procrastinate as a strength by front loading and looking for resources early on in projects to be able to tackle them early, get a good night's sleep, wake up refreshed early, go to bed early and without an alarm, wake up and just, just lean into it as much as I can without distractions. And in my line of work, I'm constantly getting calls, texts, you know, even though I'm retired, I, I love what I do. And I get called upon, uh, from past projects to get, uh, to have people to have me help them whether it be in business or in health or relationships. So that's why I've created a series of online courses because these automated courses put out the great information like we're giving to you now. And, and please give me thumbs up if you're enjoying this show now because I'm thoroughly enjoying it because I love these other speakers. Thank you so much for listening to our show. It really is a pleasure to invite you on this journey to good health. And I'd like to ask you a special request, and that is to share and comment, give us your review, and also please check out fromthedoctors.com. This is our new incredible website with all the coming events. It has uh, the access to our eBooks. It has access to uh, testing that you can undergo and evaluate your progress. It even has the latest online courses and education videos and really some incredible blog articles. This is an incredible website and we're here to guide you with our education coaching and supplementation that's appropriate based on your individual needs. Take a special quiz. Check it all out at fromthedoctors.com. That's spelled from, F-R-O-M, the, T-H-E, doctors, D-O-C-T-O-R-S.com, fromthedoctors.com. Please visit and drop us a note so we know that you're participating as our growing family continues to gain great information about how to look great, feel incredible at your ideal body weight with incredible healthy looking skin. We have an array of programs and opportunities, so please stay tuned as we continue on our journey to great this is Dr. Nick Delgado, author of 15 books, including my newest book release, Stop Aging Now. SevenPillarsCoaching.com. I have an irresistible offer that's beyond belief that will take your health, your relationships, your ability to perform as an entrepreneur in your work. This offer, just simply go to the Stop Aging Now. Seven, the number seven, pillarscoaching.com, and you will see a free offer. It's a $1,200 value for absolutely free to get my downloads of my four best selling books Acne Be Gone for Good, The Skin Condition Acne by Dr. Sonia Battery and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, Blood Doesn't Lie, 
Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, and the newest release, Stop Aging Now, The 7 Secrets to Look and Feel Great. That's right. It's a $1,200 offer, and you get it for 30 days free. Just simply enter your information. We'll send you the information to download, and you get to review my books. You get to get my online courses, all of them. You get to get a Wednesday mentorship with my top VIP group that is held every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. East Coast Standard Time. Yours truly, along with guests that I've invited, germane to the subjects of how do you improve the quality of your sleep, how do you set your mindset to accomplish your goals, how to dramatically improve your fitness profile using my revolutionary 12-minute workout combined with flow training and stretch type yoga movements and the incredible detoxification program, the nutritional Nutrify program, the right foods to select in conjunction with the specific herbs and how to basically accomplish your goals, rejuvenate your body, the latest on hormones, peptides, all of it is in this course. And in 30 days, you'll be able to get the results that you never ever thought was possible. I guarantee these results and I'm backing it up with a free offer. Should you decide to continue, the continued program is very minimal, no more than a couple cups of coffee. And you're not gonna need coffee after you go through this program. Who's this for? Entrepreneurs, burned out housewives, individuals who wanna be peak performers in the bedroom, in the boardroom, and in general, take your relationships, your health, and your energy, and your career to a whole new level. Looking forward to helping you.